The following episode of TOEFOP is rated MA for mature audiences. It may contain sexual references, time travel references, allegations of bin misconduct, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that this episode is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who thinks a comedy conversation between two old mates sounds like a terrible idea for a show. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax, this is Tofop, I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson, hello and thank you for watching. Now, Charlie, we'd like to traditionally start this segment with a little regular running update we call What's Podcast Mike Wearing? But mm. today, what has happened on the Zoom call is, like, I've been observing Podcast Mike for the last couple of minutes while we've been talking about technical things, and he's wearing a black t-shirt, and it has some sort of writing on it, but... The way that he was angling himself to his Zoom window and sitting in his chair, I would get glimpses of the fact that there was writing on his T-shirt, but no actual angle right. where I could see what the writing on his T-shirt is. So, do, did you see what uh, Podcast Mike had written on his T-shirt? No, I didn't even notice. I couldn't even tell you the colour of the T-shirt he's wearing. You said it was a black T-shirt? It's a black T-shirt. Yes, right. absolutely a black T-shirt. It has white writing of some kind on it. I don't know if the white okay. writing is like a band name or a slogan, uh, you know, that uh, I assume that Podcast Mike could type it in our little message window and he could let me know what's written on his T-shirt and... And then this mystery could be solved. You don't want him just to turn turn his his camera back oh, on. Oh, even better. Look. This is the way. Is this some kind of Christian <laughs> fundamentalist message? It's like a Hillsong. Is it Hillsong merch? Is that what we're looking at? So it says, this is the way. And in the A, in way. So this is the, in small letters, across like the top of the word way. And then in the A of way, kind of, you know, giving you the sense that it is an A, there is the outline, the silhouette of some sort of caped hero. A man with a, a floofy coat, an overcoat of I mean, some kind? It seems to be. I, don't, I mean, it could be religious. <laughs> like if I walked into like one of those yeah. modern churches, like a modern Pentecostal, like, you know, celebration church, and there was a whole bunch of young helpers like in the foyer all wearing This Is The Way t-shirts and then like, you know, some mysterious silhouette of somebody in a cloak or whatever. And then I went into the main room <laughs> and like they had Chizo just in a cloak. I'd be like, yeah, this is the church yeah. for me. I love how you've made Jesus Christ into some sort of mysterious superhero. Do you ever get like grossed out when you realize that like Jesus has been snuck into some entertainment? Like you've been listening to a band and someone says, you know, they're Christian. You're like, oh, oh my God. I didn't realize they were sending me a message of Christianity. Well, you should listen to Donda because it will be very aware <laughs> that you're listening to a message about Christianity. Okay. Now tell me, I've, I've missed the whole Donda um, pop culture moment. Uh, that's uh, Kanye's new album. It was dropped this week, wasn't it? Was it was dropped this week. And part of the backstory, as far as I am led to believe it, because I'm not 100% across like what's happening with Donda. So basically... It's an opus. It's like a mega album. It's like a, I don't know if double album. Rock opera. Well, rap, rap It's opera. a rock rap opera. And it's right. a rock opera. And the reason... <laughs> a rapper? It's a rapper. Rock rapper. <laughs> Whatever it is. It's all of those things and so much more. It is like a sermon right. on the mount. It is a dedication to his mother. It is definitely about Jizo. It's totally about Jizo. And... It's sprawling. 
it's got a whole like I don't know how many tracks are on the album, but there was a whole bunch of tracks that didn't make it to the album. He's been doing these listening parties for mm. weeks. Are you familiar with what was happening at the listening parties? No. Okay. All right. Let's okay. Let's do a little bit of a donda. Uh, deep okay, before you get yeah. to that, when you say Jizo, yeah. is this a Kanye? thing has he been abbreviating jesus to jizo oh no 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 no. i think i think i've just gone with jizo there i don't think that kanye's rolling out jizo oh, i like it <laughs> I'm i mean it. i like it he's more like i mean in the rap world it'd be jizo but i'm not sure that that works very well <laughs> uh all right he i mean you've already got the blood of christ no need to get any more of his bodily fluids involved in <laughs> and then jesus said eat this mayonnaise <laughs> This is my come. The come of the Son of Go God. Go on. The coming of the Lord. It's right there in the Bible, guys. And you'll wonder why the Catholic Church has so many problems. <laughs> Jesus is just handing out condiments at the last supper going, and now taste this. <laughs> the 12 apostles are just taste like... Taste this Nutella. No, Jesus. Have this Nutella. Yeah. And then guess what part of my body it is. And my father said unto me, milk, milk, lemonade, around the corner, <laughs> chocolate is made. <laughs> so, Donda, the album. Uh, Donda is the 10th studio album by American rapper and producer Kanye West. Uh, it was released on August 29th, 2021. And features vocal contributions from several artists. Um, Anyone I'd know? Uh, yes. Uh, do you know Da Baby? Uh, no, I have a baby. Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> I only did no, this vocal is on the no, new album. Though. <laughs> this is not oh, right. a baby. It is Da Baby. <laughs> da okay. Baby. D A okay. Baby. Da Baby. Do you know Da Baby? No. Does Da Baby rap in a giant diaper? Or sing in a giant diaper? The uh, baby, it was most recently the homophobe, I believe, is the last oh, time right. that the baby was in the news. So Kanye's rolled in with the baby, and just in case you thought the baby, the prominent homophobe, um, isn't um, somebody who you should have on your album, I'm going to let you guess what. Uh, Person from the world of rock and roll, Kanye has also oh. decided to collaborate with on this album. Like current day rock star or vintage rock star? Uh, well, I would say vintage these days. Has been in the news again a lot lately, but not for musical reasons. In the news a lot lately. Mm. Oh, no. So I was, Paul McCartney would have been my go-to because I know they did that song. Not back. that far back. Okay. Split the difference. Somewhere between so Paul 80s? McCartney and now. So 80s? Uh I'm sort of late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, okay. Fred Durst. <laughs> Is it Fred Durst? <laughs> <laughs> big, big rock star? And what genre? Yeah, what it's genre their new song, rock? Nookie in Paris. <laughs> Fred Durst, Jay-Z. And Kanye. Uh, what is the... Uh, so what's the genre? Are we talking like hard rock? Are we talking metal? Are we talking new metal? What, what can... You're in the sort of right area. Okay, so it's someone like... Is it someone from Corn or Slipknot or is it that too heavy? It's someone who you have a person... I believe you have not only... Well, that someone in your life has not only met but touched or at least been touched by... Oh, Billy Idol? <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, that was like a real leading question to get us some yeah. gossipy dirt, wasn't it? That's but- a story for another podcast. 
Um, um, no, okay. Touched by uh, someone that I know has been... Uh, uh, and a band, not like a solos, like a, a leader of a band, right? A l- leader of a band, but the band always known by this, much in the same way as PJ Harvey. So yeah, yeah. Polly Jean Harvey is her name, but PJ Harvey is the name of her band. This is an artist that very much you identify the name of the person with the name of the band. Okay. Um, Beck? No, controversial. I mean, oh, like, controversial. very controversial. Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Manson. No shit. That scumbag yeah. is on the new album. So he's got <laughs> yeah. a homophobe and uh, he's got a sexual assaulter. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> Who's yeah. next? And, and it's all a tribute to his mum and Jesus. So it's working well so far. Oh, my God. So uh, the album was originally set for release on July 24th, but was delayed multiple times. Uh, in July 2021, West set up a provisional recording studio at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in at Atlanta, where listening what? events were held oh on July 22nd and August the 5th. So basically, he set up a studio in a stadium in Atlanta, and they just had listening parties while he's still working on the album. So, look, can we just pause for a sec? You yeah. are much more plugged in to, to the music than me in popular culture when it comes to music. So I'm peripherally aware of Kanye. I've, I know all the main things that people know about Kanye. He's married to a Kardashian and he's... Now, my was, understanding... Was, oh, they've, not, they've split up. Oh, okay, right. But my understanding was when he started, he was like... And probably, you know, it still is like a legitimate like, groundbreak when it comes to music. Yep. Is he still considered that or is he drifting into self-parody now? Or is it a bit of both? Oh, this album is not a bit of both. This album right. is... All of both. <laughs> like, if the recipe asked for a pinch of both, he was just like, fuck it. This will be a hundred times better if it's just all of both of those things and so much more all at once. It is one of those albums, I've listened to it twice now, and it's either a work of genius or a work of complete indulgence. And I think it's probably absolutely both of those things constantly. Like some of it is just majestic in its like ambition and scope and ideas. And some of it just feels like, you know, like sometimes where you're like, well, this person, when they get it right, they get it so right. When they get it wrong, am I wrong? You know, when it makes you question whether you're wrong, you listen to yeah, it, yeah. you go, this sounds like shit. I reckon this is shit that anyone could make. But the guy who made it is this like super producer with a good track record. So maybe I'm not seeing something in it yet. It's yeah. a bit like that. Right. So do you think it's uh, the thing is he's swinging for the fences and when he's doing that, mm. He's obviously just going to like drag everything along with him. Like he's not. Some will, sometimes it'll work, sometimes it won't. I mean, is it or is it a case of like when Axl Rose went from you know Appetite for Destruction to Use Your Illusion? You're like, if someone had just sat down with him and said, "Look, I know you want to release two albums. If you just released one album, you could take the best songs from both and you'd have one great album. But because you're the biggest rock star in the world now. You're going to bring in synthesizers and piano players and you're going to have horns and backups. Is it that kind of thing where just no one is pulling him into line? Uh, yes. <laughs> I, think, I, think that is, I think that really is what it is. Um, I want to try to find something that isn't Wikipedia that might actually just give us a, um, a, a better view on what people are thinking here. So let's um, have a look. Um, if we can find, um, all right. While you're doing, while you're doing that, Will, you might notice, um, I'm wearing a t-shirt today as well. You'll see, can you see what it is? 
the Beastie Boys. It's the Beastie Boys to the five boroughs. So today is the, the last topical album you could <laughs> name <laughs> when we once talked about modern music. So That's right. it's good that you finally got the t-shirt. Uh, so this was it's today's Father's Day when we're recording. So this is a gift yeah. from my, oh. my wife and my daughter. And okay. Um, Gemma, uh, she was in, in Brisbane where there's a, apparently there's like a very cool vintage store. They have all like very rare teas and stuff. Mm. And it's all authenticated in the way like memorabilia is done. So it's like, you know, you can know this is legit. So this is a legitimate bit of like merch that came out when the album was first released. And I was like, but hang on, isn't it just like a decal that anyone can license and, and put on T-shirts? And Gem's like, no, no, this came from like the Beastie Boys fan club and it was a release with the album. And so this has like a lineage. You can track it. That's mm. what, you know, that's why this guy. I got it at this really exclusive store, Jeans West. Yeah. And they said it was the <laughs> <It's> only one. <laughs> so then I was like, okay, I, I went online and I started looking at like collectible t-shirts and it yeah. is a thing. It's like, you know, you can, I was looking at Beastie Boy t-shirts. Some Beastie yeah. Boy t-shirts are worth a thousand dollars where it's like, um, you know, a license to ill or whatever. And it's, it's all based on, was this a tour t-shirt? Was this a limited edition fan club release? And I'm like, does it matter? Because essentially you can buy or license that print and put it on any t-shirt. Like, cause Gemma was saying, well, it's like, you know, furniture, furniture becomes a collector's item. I'm, I'm like, yeah, but there's, that's generally like handcrafted. They've made a thousand of those. No doubt this has just come from some factory somewhere where, like, it's just because someone has deemed... And look, I'm not trying to sound ungrateful. I'm, I love my present. I think it's great. But I'm just... My oh, my head was spinning because I, I think about collectibles and I'm like, well, yeah, they only made a certain number of these or, you know, this was handcrafted by the artists themselves or whatever. But then something like this, which literally looks like you were saying, you could go into Jeans West or Cotton On and something, and then someone can charge, like, 10 times as much. Doesn't that make your head spin a little bit? Well, you are the reason that geezers outside concerts exist because yeah. there are people like you who are like, but why do I care that this is the U2 official merchandise for $55? <laughs> I could get 10 T-shirts that say U3 from that geezer that we walked out out the back. Well, have you ever like seen a T-shirt that you like but not bought it because it was, you know, so it's like a band you like and it's a print but it's in cotton on instead of you know, a tour t-shirt. Do you feel differently about it? Is it just an, um, an emotional investment you're making? Yeah. I don't think yeah. that I would buy a, a band t-shirt from like, Cotton you on. know, yeah, from Cotton On or any, <laughs> like any of those stores. Like anything that I would also see someone who, I think I've only ever bought band t-shirts pretty much from gigs when I went to yeah. see the band because you're associating. Yes the moment with the memory. It's special because of that. Like, I mean, yeah. there are people wearing Tofop t-shirts who, haven't thought this is just a great t-shirt i can wear to my wedding <laughs> they're like we like the podcast therefore we like the t-shirt there's an emotional connection to the show and the image and the t-shirt right yeah well one of the other th uh, things she got me was um a guns and roses singlet from their 1993 tour which i went to when i was like 16 years old and so I mean that what that's a hundred percent like an emotional attachment. This one, I love the Beastie Boys. So that's an emotional attachment. But then I'm like, okay, so we're all just going around um, creating these nostalgic sort of um, price points for things. Because then I started going through this shop's website um, and what they had online, and it's what's huge apparently at the moment is like '90s NBA merch and apparel. And you remember when we were like in the 90s as a kid, like everyone would have like a Chicago Bulls singlet or like, you know, Hornets or anything like that. That stuff now goes for hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And it's really, I guess it's just like nostalgia is this massive 
industry now where that's what you're purchasing is like i guess we should have seen this coming like popular culture has been morphing into this nostalgia factory for years and years and years but now it's like everything you are we're paying to have our childhood or or part of our childhood back well should we be speculating on future nostalgia in the way that people speculate on crypto scots that's exactly my thought it's like we've got a corner of the market on ariana grande t-shirts or something well something because i I can't remember when um there was something when the new Ghostbusters trailer came out, there's a bunch of kind of like zillennials or whatever coming out going, you fucking lame ass Generation X is getting excited. Who Ghostbusters? Who gives a shit about Ghostbusters? And I was like, all right, dickheads, in 20 years time when you're wetting yourselves because they're rebooting Harry Potter, let's all have a laugh at you holding on to some cultural phenomenon that you loved. But you're right. We need to look around. What is the most mainstream over merchandised thing there is and then we buy it big like minions or, or something like that i mean minions bluey we're in australia bluey is an international thing it is only growing more internationally but it's something that we could actually corner the market on we have just got to go out there we've got to take all the resources that we have and we've got to invest them <laughs> entirely in bluey merchandise in the hope that the children who are growing up with bluey now in 20 years will be willing to pay 800 dollars for a t-shirt on the internet well the good news is i have a tiny little speculator living yeah. in my house who's been accumulating a fair bit of bluey merchandise so we're already in the game it's great news well i think that's what you've got to start doing for iona buying her gifts she can't touch yeah. so you're like it's just bagged and bought it. yeah here is this lovely bit of bluey merchandise we got for you now that's going in the basement never to be touched <laughs> Do not touch. that is your college yeah. education in there young woman well that was always you know when you back when you'd buy comic books or at least when i'd collect comic books that was always the thing if you'd buy three right one to one to keep one to read and one to sell <laughs> that was my <laughs> No one, I mean, I wish my parents had actually taught me proper economics <laughs> rather than speculating in the in the lucrative world of comic books. The X-Force I bought, X-Force issue one. But the truth of it is, if you had kept all those comic books from that time, some of them would be worth money now. Not all of them. I have, no, I, I have kept them and they're all worthless. I have actually, when I packed up the Sydney apartment, I had, oh, I don't know, probably about 200 comics that I had collected from my teenage years. That were in pretty good condition. So I went on whatever the um, price directory is and they were worth the same or less than what I paid for them 20 years ago. Because I, I, there was a point when I was a, like a teenager where I was seeking out number ones thinking that, you know, well, this will be worth something because it's a number one. Not realizing that the 90s was when the comic book industry, because of Batman and stuff, they, that was when it was absolute absolute zenith where they would release the most amount of issues so they would relaunch a title and print 300,000 copies of that issue one it's not like the first spider-man where they released you know 20,000 copies and it's very rare there's a billion copies of that number one Uh, i found an article on vox and uh the article is donda the hype the controversy the music the kanye of it all explained so i feel like this is perfect exactly what we need so what's the deal with Donda? Good question, Vox. That was actually what we were asking as well. What is the deal with Donda? <laughs> <laughs> if Seinfeld was still on air, that'd be the opening bit. So what's the deal with Donda? With Donda? Uh, did Kanye West label really release it without his permission? Because that's one of the... Do you get the feeling that uh, in that episode of Seinfeld that uh, Kramer would have an issue? <laughs> 
<laughs> listening to Donda. Kramer's just having a serious conversation going, well, he says it in his songs. That would be the storyline. <laughs> Kramer's just got the new Kanye album and won't stop singing it at full volume while Jerry's trying to do stand-up. Did you see that bit of news where um, Dog the Bounty Hunter uh, was was uh, interviewed on TMZ this week saying uh, he gets a pass using the N-word that um, his time he spent in prison nope. with um, all these other black inmates, he nope. was given a pass. Nope. <laughs> so, <laughs> the discussion was like, okay, so uh, who in particular gave you the pass? Like, on behalf of all black people. Yeah. It's all right. We've got a pass. We've got one pass, and the the dude with the pass is in prison. He has the pass. He is willing to pass it on to Dog the Bounty Hunter. Um, uh, Did Kanye really light himself on fire all over it? Um, What about the TikTok panic that he inducted the huge audiences of his listening parties into some dark occult ritual? Oh, great. Perfect. Uh, these aren't the typical questions you'd associate with an album release, but Kanye West isn't a typical artist. And his new... Okay, how many tracks? How many tracks are on the album Donda? It's a double so album. It's, it, oh, it's, it's excessive. So I'm going to say 26. Oh, 27 track album Donda. Oh, 27. That feels like it has a holy connotation, 27. Mm. Named after... Well, that's when Jesus died. He, uh, he, got, he went into Six. the 27 club. <laughs> A lot of people say he was 32 or whatever, but no, 27. No, no, he was 33, looked 27. He had great skin. <laughs> I mean, great abs. For a guy who lived in the desert. Um, Kanye, named after Kanye's late mother, Donda West, isn't oh, a typical right. album. Reportedly in production for the last 18 months, Donda has had a rocky road to release as delay upon delay befell the album's production and Kanye wrestled with a high-profile divorce, mental health battles and clashes with his album's collaborators. Mm. (laughs) Uh, The release delays after an initial July 23 drop date helped give Donda one of the most drawn-out and lucrative hype cycles for a release in recent memory. A string of pre-release listening parties saw thousands of listeners flocking to stadiums in Atlanta and Chicago for dramatic previews of the album. Okay, the so pa- yeah, go pa- oh, no, are they, they going to paint a picture of these listening parties? Because I'm, I'm unfamiliar with what that means. Uh, the listening parties quickly became a form of elite cultural currency, with fans who attended treating each concert like a bougie Met Gala. Oh, I hate you, all these people. <laughs> I've never met any of them, but I hate them. Okay. Now, here's a bit of a question. You can buy something from the concerts. Okay. How do I give you clues from this? It, it, it's one of the most ridiculous things you could possibly buy from one of these concerts. If you're talking about memorabilia from a concert, if you went into your basement 20 years from now and you said, Iona, look at what's in that jar. That is your future right there because back in the day I invested in something very important. What did you buy? Okay, is it edible? (laughs) You can swallow it. Uh, uh, Okay, Um, is it expensive? It's very expensive. Not ordinarily. Ordinarily, much like the best things in life, it is free. But from this concert, it costs quite a lot of money. 
the best things in life are free now that I've discovered what you mean to me. Is that the clue? You're giving me Janet Jackson. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm trying to tell you that it is the thing that ordinarily is absolutely free. Oh, okay. It's air. It is it's a jar air. of air. It is a jar of air from the concert. And what will that cost you? Oh my God. A hundred dollars. <laughs> Oh, maybe from the fucking public toilets at the concert, you can get a jar for a hundred bucks. <laughs> oh, you've got yourself some knockoff. You've found some dude scalping air out the front, have you? Some cheap ass knockoff air. But if you want a bottle of quality air from the concerts, you know, hundred bucks isn't going to get you anywhere, my friend. Uh, so this is amazing. So is the idea that the air has been captured at the listening party? So you are taking yes. home. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I mean, the audacity of it, in fact, will, if Topop well, ever gets Well, it's not back- even in a jar. It's a bag of air. Oh, Literally a bag of air from Kanye's concert. If we ever get Topop back in front of audiences, that's what we're selling. Topop air. <laughs> um, okay, so that's toilet. That's toilet prices. Um, $1,000. Higher. Fuck off. What? $2,000. So much higher. Like if 10, we go at this 10, rate, it's thousand? higher. What is going on? Thirty thousand. This is people who have too much money. Fifty thousand. Higher. A hundred thousand dollars for a bag of air. Sixty thousand dollars for a bag of air. When it was finally released in the morning okay. on August 29th. Donda smashed first day streaming records and claimed the second biggest Spotify album debut in history. Racking up. uh, Okay. How many streams, if you combine Spotify and Apple Music, Mm. how many streams did this album have in the first week? I don't know. I don't know what a lot of streams is. Um, is is over is give me a ballpark is it is it in the millions it's in the tens of millions tens of millions okay right um um uh 20 million streams 154 million streams 154 million streams how long a week that is crazy. No wonder they can sell bags of air for 60 grand. <laughs> <laughs> the album is already on track to score the biggest debut of 2021. Although Drake's, and this is important, Drake's forthcoming album, Certified Lover Boy, due out on September 13, might immediately challenge Kanye's sales title. So him and Drake okay. have got some bad blood. Do they know? Um, That's what was my other question. So what's their rivalry based on? Hopefully this article is going to get to that because I don't know off the top of my head. Um, How these two giants wound up going head-to-head with back-to-back album releases is an additional part of Donda's mystique. Donda seems to be generating more and more buzz as the days pass. There's widely polarized reviews that rolled in from critics who say the album is disjointed and thematically incoherent and fans who say it's beautiful and a collaborative powerhouse. Yeah, it's all of those things. Yeah. Meanwhile, Kanye himself has lashed out at the record label Universal Music in an Instagram post claiming the studio put out the album without his permission and even blocked one track, Jail Part 2, from the initial release. <laughs> uh, with the album, it's rollout and Kanye and himself all in such a state of upheaval. Donda may be less an album and more of a seminal pop culture event. Initial recordings for Donda 
the follow-up album to 2019's Jesus is King, reportedly commenced in Mexico in March of 2020, at which point Kanye was apparently planning to title the album. Okay. So the previous one, he's, he's way into Jizo now. So yeah. the previous one was called Jesus is King. What do you think he was going to call um, the his follow-up album to Jesus is King, following on that sort of religious sort of vibe, I guess? Um, Jesus is King... Jesus is King. Um, is it something to do with a lamb or a, a, a lamb? lamb? Think lamb. even higher, higher ranked than Jesus. Uh, okay, God is great, <laughs> pretty good. God- Jesus is King. God is super King. <laughs> God's country. It was going to be called God's country. Yeah. Right. Uh, so he's, he's talking about the Shire. All <laughs> <laughs> albums about granola. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, let me see if I can find some of the stuff about the um, controversies around it. Um, all right. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Um, as Kanye rushed to get his name on the ballot in time for the election. So he, he obviously went through all the election stuff. His marriage grew shakier. The album and its promotion fell by the wayside. From the beginning of 2021, the album seemed to be permanently on ice. Just weeks after Kardashian filed for a rep- uh, divorce, from Kanye in February. She should have taken half of the album and it would have been a good one. <laughs> uh, reports resurfaced that Kanye was back in the studio and working on Donda. From there, a hype blitz unfolded with various artists um, promoting the album or their work on it. So these two artists, two collaborators, these ones that are named here, mm-hmm. are both like possibly names you will have heard of. So both from the world of you know, rap and hip hop. Okay, so, um, okay, you know how Chance the Rapper, my clue is Chance yeah. the Rapper. This this artist has a name like that. Uh, uh, so Tyler the Creator. Tyler the Creator, well done. And this one would be if, um, if Salt and Pepper decided to re-release their song Push It with a uh, collaboration with a rapper who appears on... on For anyone who's unfamiliar with our podcast, Two Guys, One Cup, we do a quiz every week, which I give Will the most complicated, inscrutable clues, and I can't help get the feeling that this is payback, because what are you talking about? If Salt and Pepper decided to re-release... Their um, most famous song, but with a cameo yep. from a rapper who appears on Law and Order, they yep. might release it under the title of this artist. Uh, p- pushing ice tea, ice ice tea. Push it. You, you, <laughs> push, you, you are at, push tea. Yeah, you've got oh. so push a tea is the name of the artist. Push a tea. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a song. All right, I, all right, I'm with you now. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, on July 2021. Uh, Kanye dropped the new planned release date during Game 6 of the NBA Finals, courtesy of a Beats ad premiering during the game that featured the album single No Child Left Behind. Um, All right. Uh, So live streams and the party. Um, In addition to a coterie of A-listers who turned up to the parties, including Jay-Z, who wrote his guest... Jay-Z, who wrote his guest verse the day of the June 22 show, uh, Pusha T, and Baby and Marilyn Manson. 
DaBaby has been heavily criticised for homophobic comments made, in, made during yeah, a recent yeah. Instagram live session. Manson is currently facing lawsuits with multiple women alleging sexual assault. Kanye reportedly also wanted Donald Trump to appear on stage with him. Oh, wow. Ah, <laughs> uh, for the final listening party, this is the stuff I want. Kanye built a replica of his childhood home and, <laughs> and then did what? Um, uh, burnt it to the ground. Exactly. You're getting the vibe of yeah. Kanye West now. I'm getting it. This is like, this is exactly like pocket profiles. I'm slowly but surely with your bizarre clues getting my head around Kanye. He burnt it down. Yeah. He lit it completely on fire and himself along with it. It was all part of the act and he's fine, but this is likely the kind of theatrical flourish that has since spawned numerous TikTok conspiracies holding that Kanye used his listening parties to channels everyone's spiritual energy for some kind of dark occult ritual. Oh, man. This is great, though. Like, this is why (laughs) hip-hop has overtaken rock as the dominant kind of musical genre. Because this is the kind of shit in the 70s. This is entertainment. Yeah. This is entertainment and spectacle and and intrigue and mythology. It's like Alice Cooper or Ozzy Osbourne biting the head off bats and Kiss standing for Knights and Satan's service. Like, this is what the kids want. And I think Kanye is a genius. I mean, sure, he's got some very bad taste in friends and collaborators. (laughs) But this kind of stuff is entertaining after that dramatic display came a true head turner uh who appeared on stage with kanye at that point that no one real head turner linda blair from the exorcist (laughs) (laughs) um this might not be as much of a surprise because you didn't realize they weren't still married okay kim k yeah kim kardashian who's divorced from kanye is not yet finalized and who has remained close to the rapper appeared on stage with kanye Clad in a white wedding gown. Oh, wow. Although be although not the same gown she wore when the couple tied the knot. Uh, even so, the apparent wedding recreation... <laughs> and he set her on fire. <laughs> he set her on fire. <laughs> <laughs> even so, the apparent wedding <laughs> recreation twist spawned intense speculation about whether the couple is reconciling. <sighs> Considering all of the fun Kanye seemed to be having... And all the money he was making in the second party alone reportedly generated $7 million from merch and ticket sales. Amazing. It seemed plausible that he could have continued to host the listening parties indefinitely, continually tweaking the album's soundscape and structure. In fact, one popular fan theory speculated that's exactly what he intended to do by creating an album that has materialized itself into existence without being officially released. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, there is some... Uh, that makes sense, right? Is that he's literally finding the album or creating the album through these performances, which actually is pretty cool when you think about it. Well, it's how a stand-up puts together their albums all the time, right? You start yeah. out with a whole bunch of jokes, you start testing them on the road, and then eventually you normally record your special at the end when you've done all your listening parties. <laughs> That's what I'm going to call my gigs from now on. <laughs> listening parties. parties. Every night, I'm going to get the James Forsyke set. I'm going to burn it down. I'm going to burn myself yeah. down with it. And grab yourself a bag of air on the way out. <laughs> I'm not going to charge ridiculous prices. Thirty grand for my bags of air. Uh, so then, according to Kanye himself, the timeline for the albums that released got taken out of his hands by the record label, and things got even wilder. The drop came two days after Drake siding with himself in an ancient Pusha T Kanye Drake war announced. On- <laughs> 
<laughs> do, you, do you find in the Pusha T Kanye Drake Wars? Uh, oh, mate, it was hell. <laughs> you don't know, man. You weren't there. Announced on August 27th that he would be dropping Certified Lover Boy in a week's time. Okay, so Drake's come out and he's gone, I'm going to release my album up against Kanye's album. Um, fans were immediately alert for a fight since Kanye has been a long-standing ally of Pusha T in Pusha's complex ongoing beef with Drake. And the three-way feud has recently heated up. Drake apparently dissed both Pusha and Kanye, calling them old and burnt out in his guest verse on the Triple Red song, Betrayal. Mustn't be that much of an age difference between the two of them. That same day, Kanye seemed to respond to Drake's takedown in a since-deleted Instagram by screenshotting a group chat in which he called someone, probably Drake, a nerd-ass jock. I'm not going to say it because I don't have a pass. No, <laughs> and, <right>. no pass. <laughs> and if Dog the Bounty Hunter was here, he could say it. But I have not been to prison. Uh, don't those, aren't those two terms mutually exclusive? Can you be a nerd and a jock? I mean, I guess in Kanye's world. I mean, if you were casting The Breakfast Club, <laughs> you can't cast the nerd and the jock as the same kid. They need to be in conflict with each other. This is almost like Kanye is, like he's, we need a nerd, yeah. we need an ass, we need a jock. And we need, and we need a, a word hey, I can Kanye. <laughs> uh, uh, two days later, he went even further, briefly doxing Drake oh my God. by apparently posting then deleting the Canadian rapper's Toronto address on Instagram. <laughs> oh, no, you can't. <laughs> Drake's fans later retaliated. Oh, my God. This, this really is the bloody Drake-Kanye wars. <laughs> ah, all right. Drake's fans later retaliated by doing what? So, um, building his house back, <laughs> rebuilding his house. Is that the ultimate revenge? Uh, it has to do with one of Kanye's houses. Oh, I will, yes. Okay. So I will give you that clue. And oh, oh my God. Yeah. All right. Okay. okay. You were, you, it turns out you're actually remarkably close to what the answer is here. So, um, they did something to Kanye's childhood home. Yeah. The same one he theatrically burnt to the ground at Soldier Field. So you are almost there. They did not rebuild it. Right. See, they actually went to the they bought actual it? home. Oh, no. They didn't, they didn't chip in and buy it? No? Or something no, like that? they vandalized it. Oh. They went and vandalized his childhood home. Well, that doesn't... I mean, think, Drake fans. Think. That's exactly what Kanye wanted you to do. Yeah, he burnt the whole thing down. He, he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> no. If you had bought it and turned it into like a, a, like heritage listed it and made sure it stood there for the test of time, then that would have pissed him off. Uh, all right. Uh, so Donya. By the way, were there people living in that home when they? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I guess there was some collateral damage in the Kanye Drake wars. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, uh, um, I think that that's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's now it. that gives that's, me yeah. that gives me real good insight, and I think that I now have a better grasp on who Kanye is. And look, I mean, like we said, his friends are questionable, and his collaborators are questionable. But the fact that he's going out and doing stuff like that. Not many artists who are still pushing the envelope like that. I mean, you need to have the resources, right? Like you can't, 
if you're just some band, gigging band, you can't do whole weeks long listening parties and be selling bags of merch for 60 grand. Like this is, what's interesting about it is this is a guy who got to the absolute pinnacle of his game and then was like, how do I, now that I'm rich and famous, like how do I keep challenging the system or like, you know, reinventing myself or pushing new boundaries. And he's doing it through excess, really, isn't he? He's using all those funds and that notoriety to push it into new territory. Yeah. And I think there there is perhaps a role for that. Like at the excesses of rock and roll and entertainment, that the, there's somebody who just has those ridiculously... I mean, a lot of people make fun of you too for what they did. You know, I was just going to say but that. I was going to say that. It's yeah. kind of fun that at least there's a couple of bands that are going to, you know, buy the world's biggest screen or whatever and take it around the world or like, you know, pop out of a giant lemon or whatever. Because, yeah, you're right. Ed Sheeran's not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. And I guess like you need to, we need, you need that top end of the spec. Otherwise, it's all very vanilla, isn't it? Like unless you have like a spectrum of, artists like you can stick with your indie bands if you want but like we do need the kanye's for those indie bands to react against i mean grunge would never existed if it wasn't for the excesses of the 80s with heavy metal and hair metal and stuff like that you need so hopefully what this is doing there must be some indie rappers out there just like fuck this shit this is not rap this is not rap and then they will come out and do something that's going to change everything again and then kanye will have to burn another house down (laughs) he'll burn their house down and i'll burn your house down and i'll burn your house down are you an arsonist now Kanye Jesus is king <laughs> all right well let's get to some mail and before we get to some mail I need to uh, update everybody um, uh, a lot of advice came flooding in after last week's episode about the uh, the beard trimmer which I realized I misnamed I was calling it the uh, Remington 4045 that is the model number it's actually known as the beardsman it's the beardsman the um, beardsman the beardsman yeah I consider myself a real beardsman, Will. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a category on Grinder. It does. It really no, does. <laughs> no kink shaming, but it really does feel like, are you a beardsman? I am a beardsman and I am a woodsman. Fantastic. Now, I've been wrestling with something all week because there was such an enthusiastic response to uh, not only that story, but you know the video we posted of, of you breaking the news to me and uh, lots and lots of people um, messaging in to say, looking forward to the unboxing. Now, this is something I've been kind of going over in my mind because I'm like, look, I want to entertain the audience and I want to be committed to that unboxing. But at the same time, it was abundantly clear to me by the end of the episode that what I had ordered (laughs) was going to come in with an American charger. Like, I think that was obvious. Everything that I read out and all the feedback that was coming in from people messaging and all the electricians saying, yes, you've definitely ordered yourself an American charger because of the voltage on it, the 110 versus the 240 or whatever the Australian charger is. So... Um, I'm sadly going to have to say there will not be an unboxing because I was able to go to Amazon and cancel my order. They didn't do refunds, but because I was able to cancel it within a certain time frame, they gave me my money back. So there is some silver lining for me, maybe not for the listeners out there for the unboxing. The other good news is I was able to find um, a replacement uh, 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 beard guard. That was the whole issue. It was based around the fact that I'd broken the beard guard of my original Remington beardsman. So I've ordered one of those. <laughs> that is coming from the States in three weeks. There is a chance that it may not fit. 
So <laughs> while I can't give you the unboxing that could have resulted potentially in me blowing myself up and setting fire to my home, much like Kanye, um, I have ordered a beard guard, which may or may not fit my particular model of beardsman. Um, so I'm sorry to those of you out there who are you know, desperately awaiting uh, 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 the unboxing, but um, I worked out why it had ordered from America. It's because my Amazon account was set to the United States. That's why I'd purchased the American product. Well, I mean, that does seem like an obvious <laughs> reason. <laughs> I worked out the mystery of why it came from America. Oh, my Amazon was set to America. (laughs) But there was part of me that was like, because I could see how excited people were about the unboxing. And I was like, but I know it's an American thing. So like, I'm either going to have to just rely on my acting skills and be like, oh no, who would have thought, you know? And and then I was like, but now I'm going through the motions. And what I think people have responded to on TOEFOP the last few weeks is the honesty of the show. The fact that I haven't been like faking stuff. People don't come here for your acting skills. They're not like, I hope we're going to get some free acting. No. <laughs> they want my real life mundane. They want the mundane-ish. Um, but I almost messaged you to say, to, to work out a plan. I was, like, I was going to message you to say, hey, man, like, I've got confirmation that it's an American charger. Do we go through with the unboxing? Do we just both pretend <laughs> like we don't know? Or do I come clean? And so I made, the, uh, I made the decision to come clean. I mean, this is the first responsible economic decision you've ever made in relation to this podcast, and I congratulate you. Uh, we're going to get to the mail, though, because quite a few people uh, did write in. Thank you to all the uh, Sparkies who messaged me in pleading me not to plug the American charger uh, into an Australian PowerPoint. Um, chances of explosion or fire or meltdown, at the very least, were, were very, very high. Yeah, unless you want to donder your house, mate. <laughs> we're very, very high. Um, but if you do want to send us a message, you can do that at tofop.com. There's a little form form there you can fill out or you can just email us at hello at tofop.com um, and while you're at our website you might want to check out some of our other podcasts will does one called philosophy who is on this week will uh seren jayamana i believe uh, is the episode that will be up this week and i would also highly recommend people check out the jenna owen episode from last week it is great uh justin hamilton was on fofop last week who's on this week uh claire tonti from planet broadcasting uh you might know her from the podcast suggestible and taunts uh, i did her podcast a couple of weeks back i don't think it's been released yet so i don't know if maybe <laughs> she's unhappy with it or if she's just like holding on to the right moment to release it but uh, yeah claire tonti and i will be on fofop this week and then of course two guys one cup and with the win that the bulldogs had on the weekend i imagine it's going to be we're gonna have a lot to say when it comes to the podcast this thursday All I'm saying is that if anyone from the government is monitoring the messages that I'm getting at the moment, there's going to be an alert around the phrase Bevo's Bottom Boys (laughs) and why so many people have suddenly just messaged me. Like last night, I honestly got about eight messages and all the messages said were Bevo's Bottom Boys. (laughs) If you do not understand that joke, Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL adjacent podcast. Uh, okay, so this is a, a message from Scott. Now, like I said, a lot of electricians wrote in. Um, I'm not going to get to all of them. Scott is an electrician. He's written basically, this looks like, a, I'm going to say it's almost 800 words on why I shouldn't plug the charger in and very helpful information about where I can go to get a converter, go to JCAR. I'm going to skip all that and I'm going to get to this because he has a will story. Now, he says, Will's talked about how he loved The Young Ones because it aired when he was an age he knew he maybe wasn't supposed to be watching it. Well, when I was a teenager, roughly 13 or 14, the first show I was ever allowed to stay up and watch was The Glass House. 
And I bloody loved it. I shared this love of left-leaning, government-funded Aussie comedy with two girls from school. And one day we saw that Will was doing a show at one of the smaller theatres in Canberra. So we decided we had to go. I assume it was a preview or testing material improvised show or as these days you'd call it, a listening party. Uh, yeah, it was a listening party. <laughs> <laughs> Since it was such a small venue, but it was great for us because we got cheap front row seats. Halfway through Will's set, the woman sitting next to me got up to go to the bathroom. Will cracked a few jokes about it before announcing, hey, this is going to freak her the fuck out. Everybody be cool. Then came and sat in her seat next to me. <laughs> It's a good bit, Will. (laughs) He tried to keep going with the riff he'd started before the woman's departure, but quickly got sidetracked once he noticed how young his new seat neighbours were. This kicked off a 10-minute bit with Will wondering things like, how did you get here? Did your parents really let you go alone to a weird comedy show? How did you, a teenager, manage to bring not one but two girls? (laughs) This guy's got incredible memory. (laughs) Will then started riffing about how he's old enough and he could be my dad with plenty, I'm not though, wink, wink, but seriously, I'm not. Hey, what's your mum look like? <laughs> wink, wink, but I'm not, though. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> well, you're really flogging that horse. Um, uh, I did go to uni here, though. No, no, I'm just kidding. What kind of music was she into? No, 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 I'm like your dad. There's like four or five lines of you just going on about maybe having sex with his mum. Yeah. <laughs> we got so into it. <laughs> sounds, sounds like me. <laughs> we got so into it, he didn't even notice when the woman came back awkwardly standing by the stage trying to figure out what the fuck was going on or maybe he did notice and it was just another bit we'll never know well we might know do you remember this i don't remember but it sounds exactly like the sort of thing that happens at my trial shows or my improv shows so sounds like me going oh that desperately looks like something that might be funny let's roll into that have you seen i know you mentioned tim heidecker last week um on two guys one cup i just watched his uh an evening with tim heidecker his stand-up special have you seen that i don't know if i have actually so you know tim obviously anti-comedy he does a whole hour stand-up as like the worst, most hack comedian doing basically a trial show where he comes out and like, you know, I'm not going to work with notes. I'm just going to like, you know, improvise off the top of my head. And he starts doing crowd work and it is absolutely brilliant. Like it's just like, the, and I think the audience who have come to see him mustn't have known. Well, maybe if they're Tim Heidecker fans, I would have known, but there would be a fair portion of the audience who think they're actually seeing a real stand-up show and to see him do crowd work and not be able to think of a joke, like trying to get someone's <laughs> name and occupation and just standing there on stage for 30 seconds as he just tries to reach for something, can't find it, moves on to the next person. It's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Highly recommended an evening with Tim Heidecker. Anyway, he continues. The whole thing was hilarious, and Will even got a throwback in while he was doing his four players just... <laughs> Do you not remember this bit? Four, four players just fingering bit. Okay, raise your hands if you like foreplay. Great, everybody. Now raise your hand if you like... <laughs> oh, you know what? That was a good bit, because... I, that, I think I was making quite a legitimate point, which is that people are willing to admit the fact that they like foreplay, but if you call it fingering, which is what fingering is, fingering <laughs> is essentially foreplay, mostly, right? Unless maybe you're a teenager, in which case it might be all that you're doing, but yeah. as an adult, fingering is foreplay. Um, not even the 14-year-old boy with two girlfriends likes fingering, he said. I think the venue seated around 90 people, so there'd be a few people who got to see that exact show, but I'll certainly never forget it. I assume some of the young audience member material was from Will's repertoire, but I've always wondered, was the seat stealing a regular bit, and how about the dad bit? Do you want to, can we peek behind the curtain, the masked comedian? Uh, old enough to be your dad. 
absolutely that's a you know i mean anytime there's young people in the audience like you know talking about how old you are is absolutely fun so i will have gone to those areas before but now the seat would have just been a it would have been a comedy crime of opportunity charlie <laughs> i would have seen the empty seat and i would have been like here's something let's roll with that and here's my soppy conclusion to this tofop tidbit while i'm in no need of a father figure my own father is great and very much alive over the years i've absorbed so much of will's content that i'm sure it's had some effect on my values and my views and i turned out basically fine i promise P.S. I am not a medical professional, but my partner is. She hates podcasts, but couldn't resist Big Balloon Boy. So we'll win over event- win her over eventually. By the way, this is my email. If you need to get in touch for electrical help, I'm happy to do it. <laughs> Otherwise, I live in one of the hotels across from the Canberra Theatre. Um, I live in one of the hotels. Okay. Like Mr. Drummond from The Facts of Life. Didn't they live in a hotel? Uh, so uh, if you're ever able to do shows again, I might see you in the lift or more likely on the rooftop sneaking a smoke. Well, thanks for that email, Scott. Yeah, thank you very much, Scott. That's fantastic. And it is Father's Day as we're doing this podcast. So as your honorary father, <laughs> as, your as your comedy father, I consider that to be a very happy Father's Day message. Uh, this is from Stephanie. Hey, Will and Charlie, here's another tantalizing tofop tidbit. Oh, God, this email is long. Uh, so I won't be offended if you, if you ignore it completely. No, Stephanie, I read ahead of this. It's a good email. We're going to read the whole thing. So um, I've listened to every single episode, and I started at the episode one last year. And it wasn't until about episode 200 that you warned us to work our way backwards until we yeah. felt uncomfortable. I was a bit late with that. I've never felt uncomfortable, although I've had a good laugh at some cringeworthy lines from both of you. I have to say it was quite funny hearing you describe the election of Donald Trump as a path towards dystopia and how the world could not get any worse than this. <laughs> So then I got on to an episode where you were talking about the dangers of AI and robots, could have been any episode, and I was enjoying the episode as usual until an advertisement started where Charlie is encouraging us all to use AI, telling us to invite Alexa into our homes to learn everything we like. For a moment, I was confused and I wondered if it was a joke, but then everything came together. It all makes sense now. The only explanation possible. Both of you are both AI. Uh How sneaky of you to start your podcast under the guise of two old mates having a comedy conversation. But now I know the truth. The constant warnings about AI make so much more sense. They're all a diversion. Who would suspect two old mates who only ever talk about AI in a negative light of being AI themselves? It's brilliant. Perhaps we're constantly telling us that it will be humans who use AI as a weapon as a way to take the blame off himself and the truth when the truth is revealed. Could the words everyone relax be some kind of subliminal message or trigger? Will the use of these words when AI takes over be what makes all TOEFOP listeners turn into your human slaves? Were Mike Howell's little snippets all part of this subliminal messaging? Yes. That's why you got to get the vaccine to get the chip in. And then you can be activated by the words that we programmed in. Everyone relax. Did you, there was a clip that we, we went around um, this week on the internet. So, you know, Val Kilmer's had throat mm. cancer and can't talk anymore. And using, I guess it's like AI, they have recreated his voice using, you know, obviously the hundreds of hours of his recorded voice. It's incredible. And so the idea is that eventually they'll be able to put this chip back into his throat and when he starts vocalizing the computer will be able to recreate his voice it's astounding i mean that's some good use of ai right yeah and it's going to be even cooler when they put that ai in the boston dynamics killer robots and as they're <laughs> so murdering you, they sell like val kilmer, val kilmer. <laughs> 
Um, this got me thinking, who would suspect people who make us laugh of ever causing any evil? They say AI are not like humans and they can't recognize humans. So then maybe the two of you are the most a- advanced AI yet, learning all about the human race by figuring out what makes us laugh. Could every single comedian in the world be AI? Could there be a funny Adam Sandler or a dark Russell Crowe film somewhere in this? Could, the world, could world domination really be accomplished by two guys who Googled what dry cleaning was? <laughs> <laughs> Only to figure it a year later and Google it again in the same podcast. Uh, and she's also attached an amazing bit of uh, fan art, which I will uh, post on our socials. I'll just show you that. That's oh, AI TOEFOP. Very cool. Very cool indeed. Yeah, absolutely. We need to post that. Uh, now, Stephanie says... Um, just, I've got a sad part of the email, but oh, last can you, I? Well, okay. I, so before we get to the sad part, then I just want to just quickly talk because, like, it's funny with this because we obviously there's a whole bunch of advertisers that we we often complain about the fact that we can't get advertisers for this podcast, but it's mostly because I have a long list of people that I constantly say no to. <laughs> I do a show about advertising, and I work for the government broadcaster, and there's just a whole bunch of people that we can't let advertise on the show. And one of the ones that we had a real debate about was whether we would advertise any of these sort of AI voice monitor things, mostly just because we constantly on the podcast tell people, you know, of how dangerous AI is. I... I still don't know whether we made the right choice. I think it's fine. I think those things are just so everyday that people understand that that's what they are. But it is... Because it does feel like a real gateway drug your Alexa or your OK Google or any of these sort of things. It feels like this is how we get really comfortable with AI in our world. Well, that's exactly what happened. I mean, after railing against AI and I swore that I would never get one of those home assistants, I did. I got a Google Nest and then I think Alexa, the uh, Amazon has sent me Alexa as well. So now I have two in my house because, Will, it's so convenient. I can't tell you how easy it is. This is this is the turn. This is why the sales pitch works so well because oh we have God. been railing against it for this time, and then suddenly, because the amount of credibility you have when you just come in, it's like we're the the, the QAnon equivalent of the osteopath who's now anti-vaccines. <laughs> we're like, I was a medical professional for thirty years. And I'm telling you, it was just, it, I, and so I, when the uh, Amazon thing came in, I was like, well, I've already moved over to the dark side. So I'll just, I'll, I will suckle from the teat of Satan one more time. If it means that we can keep making this show and, and getting it out there. And that's essentially what the advertising is. I mean, if we didn't have that money. We couldn't bring you the show. Um, so Stephanie continues. She has a sad part of the email last year for, as it was for many people, it was a very tough year for me. I unfortunately lost my mother to cancer in the height of the very first wave. I also gained a beautiful nephew, which I'm very grateful for. A few months after this, I moved out of a share house to live by myself. I needed something to fill the silence when taking my dog for a walk or doing the dishes or the laundry. After I ran, ran out of Auntie Donna podcast, I went looking for something new and I came across philosophy. While my mum and I did not have a lot in common... I, no, while we did not have a lot in common, something we always enjoyed together was watching some of her favorite shows, including Gruen. She may have even had a crush on Will. Her giggling every time he told a joke was pretty cute. When I saw Willosophy, I knew it would be good, as I've always enjoyed watching Will on Gruen, and I knew my mum would have enjoyed the podcast too, so it felt right. However, as this was a dark time for me, the themes were sometimes quite heavy. I needed something more lighthearted that could make me laugh. 
Enter Toflop. The amount of times strangers give me weird looks for laughing out loud in public is ridiculous. I also felt personally attacked after chucking my dog's crap into a random bin on the street and then being lectured by Will only minutes later is why I shouldn't have done this. When Charlie lost his mother, I thought it would be very hard to listen to. However, Charlie, the way you talked about the subject and processed it was honestly one of the most cathartic experiences I've had. Even though you were unaware of my existence, it felt like I was sharing the weight of this hard time with you. I cannot begin to describe how good it was to hear someone just be completely open and honest and real about something so difficult. Thank you for sharing something so private and painful in such an open way. You helped me get through such a tough year. It also helped that all these discussions were in between moments that made me genuinely laugh out loud. The cliche is true. Laughter really is honestly the best fucking medicine. That and the vaccine. <laughs> Let me just put yeah, Firstly, the vaccine. In order, the vaccine, then laughter. Then laughter. As the best medicines. <laughs> Seeing my nephew enter the world very quickly, uh, a world very that has very quickly turned to shit, was also very interesting to compare your experiences with Iona, who is only a few months older than my favorite baby boy in the world. Just in general, the best thing about this podcast is the way you both say out loud what people are always thinking. <laughs> that is also what many right-wing <laughs> podcasts and commentators... I'm just bloody saying what people... <laughs> Think, aren't I? <laughs> Political greatness has gone mad. What happened to the larrikin? You never shy away from saying whatever's on your mind and, and they're just human beings who make mistakes and then own them. We need more of this in the world. I also want to say this to Will. I watched Question Everything and I'm so excited to watch this show as it blossoms. What a fantastic idea. Questioning everything is exactly what we need right now to break down the so-called facts and really critically think about things before believing them. Mixed in with some laughs too, it's just a perfect show. So thank you for giving us this. Question Everything, Wednesday nights, 8.30 on the ABC. Wednesday nights, 8.30. And I feel like episode three, um, if people haven't dipped their toe in yet, if you've been waiting for us to, you know, work it out a little bit first um episode three i think is a real real idea of where the show is going to be going so if, if you want to check that one out i would recommend it on abc iview uh, i have tickets to will's comedy shows in sydney if they ever happened and a live podcast mm. in melbourne fingers crossed wow yeah wow <laughs> got some bad news I've got some bad news and some bad news <laughs> <laughs> i tried to subscribe to patreon but for some reason it fucked up after one month i'm still trying to fix this but hopefully i'll be supporting you guys again soon and i've bought three Tofop t-shirts yes three yes. I'm keen to wear them in public when I'm allowed to no uh, just the, put, wear put one plastic, wear one bad put one put one in plastic <laughs> you are so genuine and down to earth and funny please keep doing what you're doing until you die <laughs> <laughs> I am no doctor, but I'm in the middle of a master's of research, stepping stone for PhD. I'll let you know as soon as I'm a doctor. Is there room for a doctor of mathematics amongst all the actual legitimate healthcare doctors? Of course. Absolutely. Someone has to sort out the bloody episode numbering. It's all over the shop. I, was gonna say, I would say there was a huge vacancy. Um, as a side note, Will once mentioned being productive while medicated. It might interest you to know that I often find it easier to solve maths problems while I'm medicated. Well, when I'm medicated, everything becomes a maths problem, especially if I'm trying to do the shopping or something like that. <laughs> I thought I had six donuts, but I only have three donuts. Anyway, I'll be shocked if you get to this point in the email. Well, consider yourself shocked. You both deserve a medal if, if you have. Um, hope you and your loved ones are all happy, healthy and safe. Thanks for everything. Thank you all. And thank 
Thank you for watching, Steph. Thank you, Steph. What a beautiful email. We'll put that um, that bit of artwork up on the Tofop Instagram page. We'll get to one bit of mail before we go. Um, and this is something that I think maybe we'll parlay. It's a bit longer, so we'll parlay this into mm-hmm. our Patreon. So if you want to continue with this letter, uh, go across to our Patreon um, uh, and you'll find this question answered. Hi, guys. I've been listening for a lot of years. I've listened to all your episodes at least twice. With all uh, And with the help of my job as a telecommunications technician in Central West New South Wales, I spend my days driving around fixing telephone lines in the city and rural New South Wales. I was scrolling through Facebook, a solid source of information, and, and I've seen this article and straight away wanted to know what Will's opinion was. They talk about the good benefits of injectable microchips, but we all know people can be <laughs> fucked with. So how is this tech going to ruin us? I could have emailed it in, but I thought, ah, oh, fuck it. Um, this is what the boys would do. So it looks like I've done the typical, typical TOEFOP thing and made it harder for myself. No real reason because I had to email it in anyway. Thanks for all the nearly, thanks for the nearly always laughs and keep it. Full stop. Keep it. What do you reference he was getting to with that? Keep it? <laughs> no, don't. Keep it in your I pants? Feel like, <laughs> Keep I, feel, your... <laughs> I feel like he took his eye off the prize towards <laughs> the end of that sentence. Thanks for I all the like laughs. I feel like he'd done the major bit and he's just like, ah, oh, mash the keyboard a little bit. <laughs> thanks for all. Thanks for all the nearly. Thanks for the nearly always last and keep it. Love you guys. All right. Uh, that's from Ty. So um, to get to this article about injectable microchips, go across to our Patreon and the episode will be there. Uh, do we have anything else to plug? Do we, we did them all? We did uh, question everything? No, I think we did them all. Uh, okay. Live shows? Oh, no. No, we don't. No. <laughs> oh, you know what? We don't have a live show, but um, if you are a fan of Two Guys, oh, yeah. One Cup, we do have a Zoom live, grand final, post-grand final show. Our traditional post-grand final show. Post-grand final show. Um, there'll be a, we'll put a link in the episode description. That'll be the day after the AFL grand final. It'll be me, Will, Michael Chamberlain, Adam Rosenbachs, and some special guests, I imagine, talking all things grand final. But for now, I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. 